Welcome back to Leatherheads Footy. My name's Morgan, and this is my round two AFL Fantasy team review. Starting from the back line, Doherty, 79, a little bit disappointing, but he's a premium, and when that's his low score, you've got to take that. Don't worry about him. Don't trade him out. Nick Dacos, sensational game against Power. Started off being tagged by Lockie Jones, but was still getting enough of the footy, and then uh, about halfway through the second quarter, Ken Hinckley decided um, with Port well down on the scoreboard and Dacos still having an influence, he would free up the tag. After that, Dacos just went bananas, so not sure about the reasoning behind that. It definitely didn't help them get back into the game, if anything. Uh, Collingwood played even better after that. Andy McGrath, 88. He's performing slightly above his price, starting price, which was 80. Uh, I'm just a little bit concerned about the ceiling. It seems to be a pretty even distribution across that Bombers backline, and that uh, takes me to Jordan Ridley, 64. Again, quite disappointing, but I've got more pressing issues in my team at the moment. Uh, one thing to note with these two is Massimo D'Ambrosio came into the Bombers team, and he's definitely a half-back distributor. That plays a similar-ish role to McGrath. So I think there's just a, a few points went to him. And the other guys seem to get involved quite a bit across half-back. The other guy, of course, is Mason Redmond, who uh, had 100 in this game. So I think understandable, hopefully... The Bombers continue to chip it around a little bit, and these two get more involved next week. But Ridley's a guy that I'm looking at trading out eventually. Constable, 81. Really good signs because Lockie Weller came back. He, I haven't watched the game. He probably didn't play full game time coming off an ACL, but uh, he's back into the team. There's only Will Powell and uh, young fella Buderick to come back in. I'm not sure Constable holds his place, but... For now, he's generating cash and, and more than handy on field. And Jinbi, one of the must-have rookies that I think everyone's got in, you know, Jinbi, Ashcroft, McKenzie, um, Sheasel on field. Everyone's sort of got those guys on field. Moving into the midfield, Dunkley, put the VC on him, 97. Haven't really seen the um, ceiling from Dunkley that we saw at the Bulldogs and in the preseason games, but just hang on. I think the, the game against Port Adelaide was an anomaly. Uh, and this game as well, Lions were dominant, but... Uh, you didn't see any big scores from Neil Dunkley or McCluggage, so it's a little bit interesting. Maybe Ashcroft coming into that midfield, just taking a few of the points. Obviously, like he scored a 90, and that's a guy that wasn't there at all last year. Uh, Tom Green traded him in. Um, so this week I traded in Green and Setterfield for Cripps and Hewitt. Originally, I was just going to trade in Green for uh, Cripps, but Hewitt was named out injured and... Being the first game of the week, I had to. I, I wanted to trade out Hewitt. Uh, obviously, I thought he was probably a mistake. There were guys underneath him that were scoring as well as him, and then I could. I just wanted to do the two-in-one. Basically, I had money for an upgrade. As you can see, I've got 700k sitting on the bench now. I sort of did a a half double downgrade in the midfield, going down to Green and Setterfield, who were two mid-price guys on the rise from two guys that probably didn't have as much value as I previously thought. So Green comes in, scores a 90. I'm pretty happy with that. It's above his average. Um, I haven't watched that game, so I'm not sure, but I can only assume it was a little bit more open. He had heaps of early touches, but they're all handballs. That's the concern with him is he needs to get involved in the marks and tackles. Um, Warple, another good score from him. I think he's yeah fantastic pick still at his price, but was a really good starting pick. Similarly with Callahan, I saw he went off injured um, a little early in that game when he was on about 10 points, but... 
obviously came back on and played out the rest of it. So that's a good sign. Shows a little bit of durability. Set a field, massive score. Get him in. If you don't have him, get him in. He's got the perfect fantasy game. Uh, he actually was a potential to go pick one to the Bombers back in the 2016 draft when he was drafted. Ended up sliding to pick four to the Giants and they took McGrath with this pick one. Then he was traded. He did an ACL very early days at the Giants. Played a couple of games in his first year. ACL. Then he was traded to the Blues. Did what they normally do and pick up a GWS player. Then at the Blues, he I think he did another ACL or just like had lots of injuries. Struggled to gain consistency and then couldn't break into an inside midfield role. So he was playing inside mid in the VFL, scoring heaps of points. And then in the AFL team, he could only really play on the wing. I thought he was actually quite serviceable on the wing. And what playing on the wing has done is he's added a whole outside element to his game. And now that he comes to Essendon, gets lots of midfield opportunity. If we look at his score build, it's fantastic. So really open game against the Hawks. He took 10 marks and still had six tackles on the outside, even though he only had 25 touches. Scores 120. And then game against the Suns, like I said, haven't watched it yet, but he has 28 disposals, only four marks, so probably not getting as much on the outside, but nine tackles and kicked a goal in both games. But you can't really rely on that. But this is what I love to see. Um, 16 total marks and tackles and 13. That's fantastic. That's it. Like exactly what you want from any of your fantasy players, but midfielders in particular, he's not going to get tagged. Essendon, uh, typically a high possession midfield. Looks like they're going that way again. Um, and he's just that perfect guy to slot in. Still just over 700k, so get him in if you haven't already. McKenzie, a little bit of a lower score, but still acceptable on field. And he's a must-have. Um, and you don't really have many other options to play on field. Potentially Hollands, uh, looking at looping one of these if I get a non-playing player. But it's a little bit of a toss-up between these two, but Holland's had a really good game, and McKenzie was playing in a side that was well-beaten. Ashcroft uh, did what he did, got heaps of touches. He wastes the ball by foot, but that's not relevant in fantasy. He's really good at getting to the contest, getting a really quick kick away, kicking the ball off the ground, just accumulates stats like that. And then Philippou had a good game. He kicked three... Go- oh, yeah, this is when the AFL fantasy scoring annoys me a little bit. Kicked three goals, was almost best on ground, at least to, you know, three-quarter time of this game, and he only scores 42, that's all right, and then English and Marshall playing against each other in that same game, both really big scores. English, um, <laughs> like, he, he runs all the way down the field and gets a little chip mark out of the kick out, and then he sort of chip it sideways, which, I don't know, you don't need your Ruckman doing that, surely someone else can do that, but if he's the only one that can get freed up because his opponent won't come with him... Fair enough, good for fantasy. Uh, and Marshall, probably a little bit better tap Ruckman, uh, a little bit better tackler. But I think these two are, are really good, R1 and R2. There's not really many other good options at this point with Gorn going down. Um, Wits is going pretty strongly, though, so you could consider him. And then moving into the forward line, put the um, captaincy on Taranto after Dunkley didn't quite come through. He was playing Adelaide. Adelaide giving up a lot of points to inside midfielders. At the moment, they did last year as well, so just watch that. They play Port Adelaide this week, so if you've got Horn Francis and you're a little bit worried about him, just hang on for at least one more week because the Crows are a good um, matchup for these mids. Similarly with Rosie, don't worry about him. And then Tom Powell, haven't watched the game, but he just isn't getting that inside mid role, so he is on the chopping block. Similarly, Tanner Bruin, he's getting a few opportunities, but really low time on ground and... When he does get in there, even though I think he's playing quite well, um, 
he's getting a lot of handballs and not getting involved in any marks around the ground. So I think he's a failed mid-price pick, and he's also got to go. She's all incredible first two games from a rookie playing across halfback, um, but probably getting a role that suits him. Like, I, I would say Dacos is a better player than Sheasel, but even Dacos didn't do what Sheasel is doing in terms of points. So maybe they're chipping the ball around a little bit more than Collingwood were. And then I get to my rookies. I'm pretty happy with this. So um, I didn't even mention overall ranking, but I scored 1941, um, dropped in rank. So I actually dropped about 15,000 ranks um, to about 31,000. Looking at the top teams, I'm on average scoring 200 points less per week. Um, but I knew this week, you know, I could have upgraded. I had 350k, but I, I wanted to do this so that I could do a double upgrade. So I knew I was going to give up points this week and hopefully start to claw them back. Now, uh, looking at some of the top teams, even though their on-field is better and they were smarter with their mid-prices, like I'm, I'm sort of a one trade behind, only just getting in green instead of field. Um, they don't quite have as good rookies. Like all of my rookies, I'm... I'm very confident in their job security and most of them I'm pretty confident in their scoring as well. So uh, in a couple of weeks, they'll all be around that 400k mark and I'll be able to trade them out and get in good players and really start to churn my team and bring in a premium sort of every week for, you know, six to eight weeks up until the buyers. Uh, this week's trades, as I mentioned, got 700k in the bank. So I'm just going to be looking at a double upgrade and I think the double upgrade I'm going to do is Tom Powell and Tanner Braun out for Canelio and Aurel Golden. I wanted to see one more week from them, and I think they've both proved it. Haven't watched either of the games, but if they're both playing significant midfield time, um, I'm just going to get them in now as top forwards. The other guy I considered was Zeeble. He's a little bit cheaper. Um, I'm a little bit worried, though, with Aaron Hall played in the VFL on the weekend and had a big game. So I don't think he will come in for Sheasel. Uh, you're just losing too much of an opportunity to develop a good young player, but potentially comes in for Zeeble and offers a little bit more run and carry. Thanks for listening. I will see you next time.